step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. How are you, football fans? This Sunday, you can stream Fulham v Liverpool and Everton v Chelsea. That's an amazing Paddy's Day lineup for a one-off payment of just €10. Euro. To grab a Now TV Sky Sports Day Pass and only pay for the games that matter to you, search Now TV today. Content streamed via internet, full terms at nowtv.com. Welcome to the Sister Speak True Blood podcast, where we discuss everything about the HBO series True Blood from a sister's point of view. I'm Sister J. And I'm Sister K. And welcome to episode nine. Let's get started. Okay. All right. Well, this week you are doing the recap, Sister yep. J. Yep. So do you want to go ahead and go? Okay. This is a, the True Blood uh, episode number eight. It's called Time Bomb. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to save all the happenings in Dallas for the last because that's what I want to do. Anyway. Well, I'm going to start with Marianne. Marianne is cooking food on the stove. And she's doing like a little flambe where you put a little wine in it and it catches fire. Then we see her cutting up Daphne's heart in bite-sized pieces. It's really nasty. And then she adds all those heart pieces to this concoction she's making on the stove. And that's where we see her. Next next in uh, Bonton we see Lafayette, Tara, and Eggs, and we're gonna discuss them. Lafayette and Tara are in Merlots, and Lafayette is reading uh, Tara some tarot cards. And so he's doing her reading for her, and he flips over this card, and he says, hmm, that means lovers. And she says, oh, well, that's good, huh? And he says, well, not necessarily. He says, uh, in your case, it calls for some kind of sacrifice in the matters of the heart. And then he says to her, you want to see your future? And he gets ready to turn over the, the card, and we see the card is justice. But then Eggs runs into Merlots, you know, asking for Tara, saying, help me, help me, Tara. So Tara's, you know, getting upset. Oh, you know. She's saying, what's, what's wrong? And Eggs tells her that he's blacked out again. He doesn't know why or, uh, you know, where he's, he's losing these couple hours here and there. And he says he, all he can remember is he woke up out of the lake on the ground and he was cold. So Tara asked Lafayette to close up Merlots for him. And, of course, Lafayette says, yeah, you know, I'll do that. And so she says, let's get you home. The next time we see Tara and Eggs, they're sitting on the couch in Suki's house, and Tara's trying to, you know, comfort him, saying, you know, uh, I'm losing time, too. You know, Arlene's lost time. She's blacked out. You know, a lot of different people have blacked out, and so we're really not too sure. And as they're trying to sit and figure it out, Marianne comes into the room, and she tells them that, uh, 
you know, maybe maybe they all should just ease up on the partying a little bit. So she's trying to make them think like, well, maybe they just been smoking too much, whatever she puts in those cigarettes, and partying too much, and, and they just can't remember. Kind of like an alcoholic blackout or something. And then she announces to, the, to Tara and Eggs that she has a snack that's all ready. And she calls this souffle that she made for Tara and Eggs, Hunter's Souffle. So Tara and Eggs started eating this souffle. And it's the really nastiest scene I've ever seen in all of True Blood. Tara is, has a big old knife and she's cutting into the souffle. And she's dipping out this, this goopy stuff, which is we know are Daphne's heart bits. And her and Eggs are eating it like it's the most scrumptious chocolate ice cream or something. Or think of your favorite food. And that's what they're making it appear like. And they're just oohing and on over it. And they end up eating the whole thing. They gobble that whole thing up. Then Tara and Eggs, they start saying things to each other like, Ooh, I feel invincible. And Eggs says, I feel like a superhero. And he tears his shirt off like the Hulk, you know. And then Eggs and, uh, and uh, Tara are talking to each other, in my opinion, kind of rough. And Eggs slaps her, and she says, oh, well, you know, you want to play like that. So she slaps Eggs, and it seems like the more they slap each other, the better they like it. And then we notice they got the black eyes again. And all the while, while they were eating and while they slapping each other, Marianne's just sitting there watching them, kind of smiling, you know. And then Tara pushes Eggs down on the floor, and that's when Marianne kind of exits the room because they're getting ready to have sex. Okay, also in Bontong uh, on this episode, we see Sam, and we first see Sam asleep, poor little Sam, he's asleep in his truck, out in the woods somewhere, holding a loaded gun, and his cell phone goes off, and of course it startles him, and he looks at the ID on the cell phone, and it says Merlots, so of course he answers it right away, and you know, nobody answers, so Sam uh, drives over to Merlots, and he, he comes in the back way. And, of course, it's all dark because Lafayette has already closed up for the night because it's way past midnight. And he tiptoes in there. Well, the freezer door is wide open, and there's a light on in that walk-in freezer. But every place else in, in Merlots is dark. So he kind of tiptoes in there. He still has a gun in his hand. He tiptoes in there and he sees Daphne laying on the floor with her big old hole in her chest where her heart used to be. And of course, he's just, you know, kind of freaking out. So first of all, he goes and hides his gun back where he had it hidden in the first place behind all these boxes. And then he goes and he gets some trash bags and he starts to cover her body up. And then he kind of stops and he goes out into the bar area and, excuse me, he gets his cell phone and he... he he calls to a, a Sheriff Bud's office, and as soon as the woman says Sheriff's office, then we see the red and white uh, 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 police lights flashing outside his window, and there's a knock on the door. And, of course, it's Bud and Kenya. So the next scene, we see Bud and Kenya. They're sitting at the bar with Sam, and they're questioning Sam about this murder, about Daphne's murder. And, you know, uh, Kenya's telling me, well, uh, you know, we heard that, you and she had a relationship, and now she's dead. You know, this makes uh, two women with a big hole in their chest where their heart used to be, 
that have died at your bar. And then uh, Bud says, and that makes three of your waitresses that are dead. You know, something, something's not right. And so Sam's trying to explain. He says, come on now, y'all. Y'all know me. And Bud, he's really good. Bud says, uh, actually, Sam, we really don't know you. You know, you really hard to, to uh, check out. Nothing about you checks out. You got no birth records, no social security number, no high school records. Uh, we don't even really know about you. Well, about that time, Sam's looking real frustrated. Andy Belfleur busts into the back of Merlots. And he's looking all, you know, crazy anyway. And he's saying, hold on a minute, Bud. You know, you got the wrong guy. Sam's innocent. And so Bud said, oh, really? Uh, so what do you mean? And Andy tells him, well, you know, I know who did it. It was a, a, a bull with claws and with a dress on. Oh, and of course they think he's just kind of drunk, so... Andy really does tell Bud and Kenya what he saw about the people in the woods. They was doing a ceremony and the victim, Daphne, was right with them, getting ready to help them kill Sam. And so, you know, Bud kind of looks at Sam and Sam uh, isn't really saying anything. And Andy says, come on now, I'm trying to corroborate your story. And so Andy, uh, excuse me, Sam asked Bud, well, okay, if I told you, that same story, would you believe me? And Bud looks at him like, mm, no, mm-mm. So the next thing, next scene we see Sam, Sam is going to jail. Bud's getting ready to lock him up in the cell. But Sam sees many of the townspeople there. Many of the, uh, that one woman, I can't ever remember her name. Jane Boathouse. Yeah, Jane Boathouse, she's in there. She's already in a jail cell. The coroner is in a jail cell. Mike. Mike, the coroner, Mike is in a jail cell and Mike's saying, you know, he, they're all saying, we just kind of blacked out. We don't know what happened, but, and, and Mike, the coroner says, but you know, they, they tell me I was arrested for sodomy on a pine tree. And I guess it's true. Cause you know, I got a whole bunch of spikes and stuff on my uh, little penis. So, you know, and, uh, Sam's just kind of looking like, Oh my goodness, what is going on? And Bud locks him up in a cell. Okay. Now. Now we're going to go to Dallas, and we're going to start with Jason Stackhouse. You know, last we saw Jason, Sarah has shot him. Well, we now know that she shot him with a paint gun, one of those paint guns. And Jason's laying there on the ground. He's going, oh, wait, I'm not dead. And so Sarah's fussing at him saying, you know, she violated all of her beliefs just for him. And Sarah says, you're worse than Judas. And Jason says, why? What did he do to you? Oh, man, what a dummy. Anyway, so Sarah, Sarah shoots him in the groin with that air, uh, that paint gun again. And of course, Jason falls down. And Jason, uh, excuse me, Sarah tells Jason that they have his sister at the church because she came into the church yesterday telling the same lies that Jason uh, uh, told. And Sarah's fussing at Jason, and, and she's saying, you stack houses are nothing but a bunch of lying, two-faced vampire fuckers. And so Jason knocks her out to the ground. He says, don't you dare talk about my sister. And he lets her know that uh, by the time he gets to that church, if anything's happened to Sookie, uh, he's going to come back with a real gun. So Jason takes that little golf cart that Steve Newland was riding around in, and he goes back to the church. And the next thing... Um, 
we see uh, Jason at the church in the sanctuary, but we'll get to that. Now we're going to talk about the happenings in Dallas. Uh, we last saw Lorena snatching Barry from the hallway and Lorena and Bill are in the room as Eric whiz, whizzed on with his vampire speed to the, to the uh, Fellowship of the Sun Church. And Lorena says that um, she'll give Bill the first bite of uh, Barry. And, of course, Barry, oh, please don't bite me. I don't want to die and stuff. And, you know, Bill is telling Lorena, no, I don't want to bite him. Let him go. But, of course, Lorena doesn't listen, so she bites Barry and she, uh, you know, she sinks her teeth into him. And after just a few seconds, she says, hmm, this one's different. I've never tasted. And then she kind of trails off. She says, what are you? And, you know, by that time, she's a little distracted that way. So Bill hits Lorena with the plasma TV on the back of the head. And she was still kind of a... Uh, Moaning and wiggling, so he hit her again. He he really hit her hard with that plasma TV, and she's of course bleeding on the floor. So he scoops up Barry and he uh, takes him out of the room. And I'm not really sure where where he took Barry, but he took him away. Then the next time we see Bill is he goes into Jessica and Hoyt's room, uh, or excuse me, Jessica's room where she's with Hoyt. Now Jessica and, Ho and Hoyt, of course, are in the bed having sex. Bill enters the room and Jessica screams because she's so embarrassed that Bill has entered the room. And poor little Hoyt, he's so sweet. He jumps up and he says, uh, uh, you know, uh, any, any screams that you heard, those were screams of pleasure. And so Bill's trying not to look at him. And he's saying, okay, uh, if you truly care for her, you will put her in your car and drive her back to Bonton tonight before sunrise. And so then Bill, of course, with this vampire speed, leaves the room, see? And um, so that's what happens with Jessica and Hoyt until they get back to Dow, uh, excuse me, to Bonton, but we'll get to that. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you about that. He drives her, uh, Hoyt drives Jessica back to Bonton, and they go into Bill's house. And of course, Jessica's still, you know, kissing him and she wants to still have sex with him and everything. So they take off some of their clothing and they begin to have sex. And all of a sudden, Jessica starts screaming, it, it, stop, stop, you know, it's painful. And he's saying, you know, what's going on? Then Jessica realizes that with her vampire healing powers, she's all healed up. Therefore, she is really upset because she says, I'm going to be a virgin forever. And Hoyt is trying to be so, uh, you know, nice and supportive, but he really doesn't know what to say or to do. So that, that's how we kind of leave them. Okay. Um, now we're going to go to the Fellowship of the Sun Church. And we last saw Suki down in the basement where Godric has pulled Gabe off of Sookie, and Sookie's buttoning, uh, buttoning up her dress and everything, and Godric is, you know, just holding Gabe up by his neck, and he's looking at Sookie and looking at Gabe, and Gabe's looking at, at Godric like, and he says, kind of chokes out Godric, and Godric snaps his neck, just with a very slight movement of his hand, he just snaps his neck, and he tells Sookie that she should not have come, and then by that time, Eric comes into the basement. And it's really interesting because as soon as Eric gets into the basement, he kneels before Godric. 
and uh and and Godric says to Eric that he was a fool to send humans after him but Eric says you know he had no other choice because otherwise they meaning the fellowship of the sun church would have would have uh destroyed Godric about that time an alarm goes off inside the church and Godric orders Eric to take Suki out of the church to safety since she was you know so instrumental in trying to help them um but to spill no blood on his way out so eric says you know yes godric whatever you're going to do well we see all the people who came to the church for the uh for the lock-in they're they're making them all come inside and they're all going into the uh, sanctuary and there's groups of men that are uh, have also been called that are coming down the roadway to to provide surveillance and stuff to the church and they're going to lock everybody in <clears throat> because they're they're worried that the um the and they do make all the women and children leave yeah well, well they make all the women and children go into the sanctuary you know like for safety and everything anyway and while they're doing that then eric and sookie are making their way out uh, or they thought to the back door but they see the, these men guarding it and so Eric is going to go and take care of him. And Suki says, no, remember, you know, you, you can't kill nobody. So Eric says, <clears throat> okay, in one of the funniest scenes I have ever seen in True Blood, then Eric kind of puts on this demeanor like a good old boy. He even stoops lower than his normal height. And he talks just like one of those little good old boys, you know, and he greets the little guards and says, hey, you know, how you doing? And... Eric eventually has to glamour one of them to give up his wooden stake. But one of the other men tried to hit Eric from behind. Of course, Suki yells to warn Eric, and Eric dispatches all three of these guards. And about that time, uh, Suki says, we can't go out that way because all these men are coming up the walkway outside. So Suki remembers uh, uh, there's an a way to get out through the sanctuary. So they go into the sanctuary, Suki and Eric. But by that time, Reverend Newland comes out and says, well, you know, um, where do you think you going? We're not letting you go nowhere. And all of the, um, uh, oh, you know, um, those 14 little disciple guys, Luke and Jason were a part of them. I forget what little group they, they called them. They came, all the little guard people came, and all of the uh, men uh, at the Fellowship Church who were going to, you know, be killing up all the vampires, they, they all filled into the sanctuary behind them. So Eric and, and Suki were kind of trapped. Next we see, the next time, uh, and then Steve tells all the people, well, it looks like we're going to have a uh, holy bonfire at dawn, uh, at dawn after all. So the next we see Eric, he's laying down on this little platform thing near the altar and he's draped in silver so it's burning his flesh and he uh reverend newland is is kind of talking to him and eric offers himself as a sacrifice if he will let godric go and if he will let sookie go and steve newland tells him something like well you know that's fine and dandy but uh she meaning sookie she doesn't deserve to be saved because you know she's with one of them at that moment, Bill enters the sanctuary of the church and he tells him to let Sookie go. And, and uh, Reverend Newland points a gun at Sookie and says, uh, you come any closer and I will shoot her. 
By that time, Jason has already, um, he has. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come back to the church and he has, excuse me, charmed his way into the church, meaning there were men, you know, on the outside, of course, not letting anyone in. And Jason says, you know, I'm one of the cadets uh, uh, over from the dorm and, you know, they sent for me and he shows him his little honesty ring. And so the, little, the guy who's supposed to be guarding, he says, Oh, honesty. So he leads Jason into the church. And when this this uh, 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 this guy starts talking about how they have one of the vampires and one of those uh, uh, and some slutty girl with him, Jason kind of gives him a look like, mm, he talked about my sister, but, you know, he doesn't say anything. He eventually knocks the guy out so he can get into the sanctuary. So when Bill is telling Steve Newland to let Sookie go, and he's saying, no, he's going to shoot her if he comes any closer, then Jason shoots the gun out of Steve Newland's hand with that little paint paintball rifle, but it's a rifle this time and not just the gun. So he's a real uh, uh, good shot. And, of course, Steve Newland drops the gun. That's all Bill needs. Bill was really, really swift. He, uh, he, you know, snatched Sookie out of the way, and he pushed uh, 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 Reverend Newland down. Well, instead of Sookie, like, running back or anything, Sookie ran up to the little altar part and took all of the uh, silver chain off of Eric. And so Eric uh, got up really quickly and he grabbed uh, Stephen Newland by the neck. And the thing that was interesting about that scene is, or that gesture is, by the time he grabbed him by the neck and, you know, threw him down on the ground, all those burns and, and, and gashes from the silver had already healed up on Eric. So that was really, really quickly. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. And Sookie says, well, Steve Newland's telling him, go ahead, kill me, make me a martyr, you know. And Jason's standing in the background. Yeah, kill him, kill him, kill the fucker. You know, it was kind of funny. <laughs> right then, Stan, oh, Vampire Stan and his group come into the sanctuary. And Stan opens the sanctuary door just like Clint Eastwood in a in a uh, one of his westerns, you know. And he says, uh, yeah, we come in here and, you know, we decided that, we're not going to give you a chance to do anything to us. We're going to kill you first, just like we did your father. And, of course, Steve Newland is really, really irate then. So then the he tells them, kill everybody. You know, I, and I mean everybody. So all the vampires, they do that vampire speed, and they go and grab a human. And they, they all have their necks bent over, getting ready to chomp them. 
and Godric appears above the, he's standing on this little platform that's above the altar. It's probably a, 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 a wraparound balcony or something. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he tells them all to stop. And he commands all the vampires to stop. And of course they stop, you know, and he says that none of the people there at the Fellowship of the Sun Church have harmed him. And he asked Steve Newland if he says this to Reverend Newland, if we leave you alone and, and, you know, leave in peace, can't you leave us in pre peace? And Steve Newland with his arrogant self says, I will not be uh, negotiating with, you know, undead, ungodly creatures. And <clears throat> so in essence, he says no. So Godric says, okay, which one of you, meaning which one of you humans want to die for this reverend, for your Reverend Newland? And of course, nobody said anything. And he says, I thought not. So he tells him, <clears throat> he tells him, all y'all go home. So all the humans leave. And then of course, he's going to uh, take all the vampires out too. Eric, excuse me. <clears throat> Eric asks Sookie if she's okay. And of course, Bill answers for Sookie. And, and, and he says to Eric, uh, she's just fine. So you need to go with your maker because Godric is leaving the church. So everybody files out of the church. Jason hugs Sookie and she's asking him, you know, what are you doing with these crazy people anyway? She, and, and, you know, Jason's offering something like, yeah, you know, I was crazy and they were crazy. And, and you know, I'm kind of sorry, but hey, that's just the way it went. Then Jason says, uh, he goes over to uh, 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 Reverend Newland because Reverend Newland's saying, oh, you just wait. You just wait till you meet your maker and then we're going to see who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. And Jason said to Reverend Newland, well, I reckon I've already been to heaven. I've been inside your wife. And then he, he hits him in the jaw, knocks him on the floor. <laughs> and then he threw the honesty ring at the Reverend and said, uh, a few more MFs, you know, and uh, left. <laughs> so they left the church. Now, the next scene we have in Dallas is at Godric's home. And everybody's having like a little, you know, get together party because everybody's happy that he's safe and everything. <clears throat> and we see a receiving line, just like you have at, at a wedding reception or anything where, you know, you go and, and uh, um, say something, a few words to the bride, and then you go on. Well, that's what they're doing with Godric. And Jason is in line, and so he tells Godric that, you know, he's he's glad that no one was hurt and, and you know, everything was was okay. And Godric tells Jason that, you know, he feels like he's a hero for helping them, so uh, he is safe and has friends in Dallas whenever he, you know, wants to come back. And, of course, Jason's kind of hesitant and says, well, you know, I'm not sure if I'll be back in this area, but, you know, thanks anyway. Then, as Jason's making his way through the little crowd, uh, he runs into Eric, and Eric, you know, let, uh, lets Jason know that, you know, even though you're a hero in this area, but back home, you know, in Bonton, we know that you uh, buy and use vampire blood, which is a grave offense. But Eric does tell him that, you know, in light of what Jason has done today in helping, you know, save Godric and everyone else, then all is forgiven just so he doesn't do it anymore. And Jason promises he's, he's not buying or using no more V ever, you know. Now, at the party, Sookie begins questioning Bill about where he was for the last two days when she was in the basement of the church. And Bill says he was being held. And Sookie asked him by who, but, 
you know, uh, she says, well, well, who was holding you, Eric? You know, like that, and Eric heard his name, so Eric, you know, slides on over and says, oh, I heard my name, you know. And he lets Sookie know that the bond between a vampire and his maker is very, very strong, and maybe, you know, someday she'll know what, what that feels like. And Eric kind of smiles at Suki, but Bill is giving Eric this really hateful look. I mean, it is really hateful. So next, next we see that Bill <clears throat> and Eric, or uh, excuse me, Eric is walking through this other room in the house, and Bill kind of catches him by the arm, and Eric's saying, mm, "Don't touch me," and Bill's saying something like, "I believe me, I don't want to touch you neither, but I want to warn you that when we get back to Montana." Sookie's uh, little dealings with you is over with, and she will not be helping you anymore. And so Eric is laughing at Bill, and he's looking at him saying, are you trying to pick a fight with me? And he seems very uh, 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 amused that Bill's trying to pick a fight with him, you know? And Bill just says, well, I just want to let you know that, you know, Sookie's mine and you can't have her. So next we have, well, right after they finish their conversation, then we see Isabel leading Hugo into the room. And, she's, and she puts Hugo uh, down on his knees before Godric. And she lets Godric know that you know, Hugo was the traitor among them and, you know, was feeding the fellowship of the sun, all of this information. And Eric, uh, excuse me, Godric looks at Hugo and looks at Isabel and says, he asks Isabel, do you love him? And she says, well, I did once, or, you know, I thought I did. And Godric says, well, it appears that you, you know, love him still. So uh, he says to Hugo, you're free to go. He says, but you have to get out of our nest, which is their whole area. So Godric orders Eric to escort Hugo away from the area. Uh, so no one will, no other vampire, I guess, will get him. And Eric, you know, of course, obeys and says, yes. And, and Isabel thanks Godric. And Godric is sitting there just like he's like the Pope or something, you know. <clears throat> so Suki and Bill are talking again. And Suki again questions Bill about who kidnapped him. But Jason comes and interrupts them and says he wants to talk to Bill. Well, Bill says, well, let's go out back. So they go out in the backyard. And what Jason wants to do, he wants to apologize to Bill. And he apologizes to Bill uh, for how he's behaved in the past because he understands and realizes now that Bill really loves his sister and he's okay with it. And Bill seems, he appears to be a little uncomfortable with this conversation, but he says, well, you know, he wanted to thank Jason also for, you know, helping Sookie out tonight uh, at the Fellowship Church. So Jason gives Bill a hug and, you know, Bill's kind of, you know, like uh, a little uncomfortable. And then on the inside of the house, we we witness a, a conversation between Godric and Eric. And Eric has, is kneeling before Godric, and he's telling him that uh, he's offering him a rare AB negative human and uh, to feed on. And Godric says, you know, thank you, but he's not really hungry. He, he just doesn't uh, feed on humans too much anymore. And Godric tells Eric that... <clears throat> He shouldn't blame the humans because they, meaning the vampires, he says, because we are very frightening. After thousands and thousands of years, we haven't evolved too much, and we've only become more brutal, in Godric's opinion. 
So Godric, and Godric says something very interesting to Eric, and Eric looks a little puzzled, but also like he understands also. And Godric says, I don't see the danger in treating humans as equals. So that's probably going to pretend some stuff. Next, <clears throat> we see Lorena enter the party. <laughs> this is where it gets good. Lorena has entered the, the house, and everyone is dressed in, and like, Sookie's got this really uh, pretty white dress on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everybody else is dressed in kind of, you know, dark muted colors, browns, gray, you know, dark greens and gray and stuff. Godric has a very light, like, uh, linen, linen eggshell type color on. But Lorena enters with this hot red dress on, bright red, blood red, if I will. And she's scanning the room, and of course she knows who Sookie is, or, or or she could probably sense which one Sookie was. So she walked up to her, and she starts talking to her. And, uh, you know, she she's kind of catty with Sookie, and Sookie realizes that she, and, and who are you? Well, we have a mutual friend, Bill. And instantly, Sookie, you could tell instantly, Sookie's face kind of changes, and she's kind of on her guard. Okay, yeah, I'm ready for this. Well, Bill comes in. And he tells uh, uh, Lorena to, you know, stop. And he's looking very angry. And Bill tells Sookie that Lorena released him. Or, or Sookie says, oh, is this your maker? And, and Bill says, she released me years ago. And she no longer has any hold on me. And, of course, Lorena's trying to say, oh, yeah, you know, I still do. And Bill tells Sookie that Lorena held him in, uh, as a prisoner in his room for two days. So Lorena's trying to say, oh, but, you know, Bill really does love me. And, he, and she goes to reach her up and stroke Bill's cheek. Sookie grabs Lorena's hand and says, don't touch him. That was so good. And so Lorena's saying, oh, she's a feisty one, too. So her and Sookie are kind of going back and forth. And the people in the room who are mostly vampires, they're everybody's kind of quieted down and they're watching them because they, oh, we want to see what this human going to do because, you know, everybody know Lorena's the vampire. So Sookie tells, uh, tells Lorena that you may like him, but Bill chose me. And even though he chose me, you still won't give up. Don't you have any shame? And Bill's trying to tell Suki, uh, you, uh, you need to be quiet and lighten up. So Lorena's getting madder and madder. And Bill, uh, Suki tells Bill, tells her that Bill does not love her and has never loved her. And Lorena gets really angry and says, you better take those words back. And Suki says, no, I will not. And Lorena pushes Bill out of the way and grabs Sookie in that vampire speed and lays her on the table and is getting ready to bite her. All of a sudden, Godric is quicker than anybody in the room and he has grabbed Lorena by the neck and he is squeezing her neck and he orders her to retract her fangs. And But he's just so quiet with it. He tells her, retract your fangs and she does it. Godric lectures her about how he's the sheriff of this area, and she has disrupted the peace in his home. And he says that uh, Suki, well, he doesn't call her Suki, he says this human, pointing to Suki, has uh, proven herself to be courageous, and uh, she is a loyal friend to their kind. So she will not be harmed. Godric says that um, even though Lorena is an old vampire, she has not 
bettered herself in all these years and she's still just savage and and you know he don't he don't much like it so bill's looking standing over to the side looking kind of sheepish so godric says uh so you know her huh and bill says yes so he orders bill to escort lorena from his nest now that means the whole area and Godric tells Lorena that he wants her out of the area before dawn. And she's kind of <clears throat> sniveling and crying, but she don't say nothing. She gets up and leaves. So Bill escorts uh, Lorena outside, and they're, you know, getting ready to walk. And Lorena is, is crying blood and, you know, telling Bill how much she loves him. And when will I see you again? And Bill tells her, uh, you will never be seeing me again. So she's gone. Well, while all this is going on with Bill uh, going outside, what we see is we see just from the knee down, we see a person, a male person getting out of a car, got boots on, walking all the way through the driveway and into the house. And we see that it's Luke. And Luke walks into the main portion of the house where all the guests are. And everybody's kind of talking and chit-chatting and stuff. And Luke, uh, uh, Jason is talking to a, a vampire woman and he says, oh, What's Luke doing here? So he excuses himself and he goes and says, man, what you doing here? And Luke pushes him and says, Jason, you need to go. You just need to go. And so Luke is very polite and he says, excuse me, can I have everybody's attention? So everybody stops and he says, um, I'm a member of the Fellowship of the Sun Church and I have a message for all of you from Reverend Stephen Newland. And he unzips his jacket and he is wired with some bombs. There is a red light that goes from red to green, and then we see his thumb press a red button down, and it's ended. The episode is over. Whoo, that was good. That was good. <laughs> so that's the recap for this episode. That was a very good episode. That was a long <laughs> And recap. not only did he have plastique around him he had a bunch of silver chains he had he was so that it would kill the vampire exactly all of the bomb material was covered with silver chain also yeah yeah so that was really good it was a great great episode i just love seeing the scenes with godrick i do too and eric i like the way they have made godrick so he is, you know, I, I would not have thought it was possible, but he is even more calm than Eric. You, yeah. You know how Eric is just, as you pointed out, nothing phased him and he was just so calm with it and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and, and, and you had hinted that, you know, he's seen everything in a thousand years, so he's kind of bored with stuff. Like that. Godric, even more so. He is just so done with all of the, mundane Hoopla. stuff yeah well the savagery yeah that's what we took you know what yeah. you take from this exactly episode. and he wants to be more civilized yeah or behave in a more civilized manner so but i'm really liking godrick i really like that character i like the way i like the way he um he talks and handles himself but he is more powerful than all of them because one of the things uh uh one of the things he did say to Lorena is he wanted her to understand that he's the sheriff in that area. He says, you know, I could. And, and, and Lorena says, when he said, you've disrupted the peace in my home, Lorena says, well, she provoked me. She provoked me. And, and, and Godric said, just as quiet to her and you provoke me. 
Oh, remember that? Oh, it was so good. And then he says, you know, I could snap your neck in two. <laughs> Just that quick. He was so. like, I don't know who you are, and I don't want to know. <laughs> or where you came from, but you got to go. <laughs> I'm glad to see her gone, though. But this is another thing. Well, we said last week, it was going to take someone yeah. bigger than Bill yep. to get her off of Bill. Yep. You know, and one thing I noticed about that scene, when Godric first... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Grabbed her neck and pulled her up off a of sookie. I didn't notice it until I watched it the second time. Eric was right there. He was just like the bodyguard. Mm-hmm. But he was right there. And I'm thinking, yeah, but you called her, though. You know? Yeah, but he didn't. But he was just going to wait and see if she tried to buck up on him. Exactly. See? That's we call it buck up. Buck up, you know. But Eric was right there like, okay, that, yeah, make a move. Well, that know? whole scene with Lorena and Sookie was really good. Oh, it was so good. Anna Paquin is really good, though. She is good. She's very good, so. And whoever's playing Lorena, I don't know her name, but she was pretty good, too. Yeah, she's very good. Because you can tell she wants to do something. But mm-hmm. she's trying to egg her on a little bit and make mm-hmm. her little comments. And every, <clears throat> I thought it was really hilarious how everybody kind of stopped talking. They wanted to see what was going to yeah, happen. It's they, like you do in a party. You're like, okay, yeah. we're going to see if the fight, fight happens. Fight. <laughs> they weren't worried. They're going to see. Okay, let's see if she really gets this girl mm-hmm. torn up or what. Yeah. <sighs> but I was, I, I like the way they're doing Suki and making her. She's not, I mean. She knows that she should be afraid, but she gets so into the moment where, yep. which is what people do. That's you know you do. should be scared, but you're so in the moment and, and mm-hmm. mad that you don't even think about, okay, I'm about mm-hmm. to slap a vampire or and I'm you, about to tell off a vampire who could kill me. And let me tell you something else that I found interesting and, 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 and it seems to me it's setting it up for the future. And that is, you know, you can tell subtle little movements in this episode particularly there were several subtle little movements of Suki's opinion of Eric or the way Suki relates to Eric, I think, because she, because she had a different facial expression when Eric was talking to Newland. Well, first of all, when Eric said to, to Suki, it, it's okay. I'll be okay. You know, after uh, Reverend Newland says, hey, we got a vampire right here. We don't need oh, Godric. Right. And Suki went, no, you know, whatever. And then when when Eric was talking to Reverend Newland, when he was on that platform uh, uh, draped with silver, and he says, you know, he wanted to offer himself up for Godric's safety, and he says, and also 
the the human woman and that's when uh newland said no she don't deserve it you know so right. but but her facial expression was a little different and i believe that is the the reason why as soon as jason shot reverend newland with that paint gun to get the gun out of his <clears throat> hand and bill you know did the vampire speed and put pulled suki out of the way then she went to eric and took the silver off of him I think that's why. Well, I mean, in all the first and second season, we've seen Suki. She doesn't just run away when someone no. she knows is in trouble. Exactly. Even if she's mad at him. <clears throat> so, like, Hugo had betrayed all of them, mm-hmm. got them into this trap, and when Gabe was beaten up on Hugo, she didn't run out the gate when she could have ran right. to get away. She jumped on Gabe's back to try to get him off of Hugo. That's true. And she's done that consistently throughout mm-hmm. the the whole se- the whole actually series. Well, I just thought that so was I, good. I think, but even though she's mad at the, uh, Eric, because she knows Eric allowed them to go into what they knew, had to know was a trap. Right. And, but even still, she's not going to stand by and let someone well, get killed That's for her. true too, but. And I think she does admire, she said, I think she does know, yeah, he set me up, but he was going to bite the bullet, so to speak, and try to help save us. Well, she she also knows about the relationship between a maker and the vampire. And she know she sees by Eric's behavior that he loves um Godric. And that's why she said you love him and he says, you know, don't use words that I don't I don't know or something like that. And uh um so I think she's she's altering her, it seems to me anyway, she's altering her opinion a little bit of Eric because just by the way, she she gives him looks, it seems to me. And anyway, that that's what I saw. So, uh, you know, not that she doesn't love Bill or anything, but but I just think it's, 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 it might portend <clears throat> a little different. Though. Well, I just, I, I didn't notice all that. I just think that she, appreciates she knows now it's not just for him mm-hmm. she saw a side of him where he wasn't just trying to get what he wanted that's he true. was protecting his maker godric and her by trying to offer himself up that's true so that i think is what made her now what do you think happened i mean we didn't get to see barry after Lorena bit him and bill cracked her over the head <clears throat> and bill bill scooped him off somewhere right but we don't we don't know where he went see, with him i don't know is he in the back room at, at Godric's house? Is he, you know, in Bill's old hotel room? Where is Barry? I don't know. That's he, what I want to know. Yeah, because it's my understanding that when they bite you like that, I mean, she didn't drain him or nothing because she didn't have the chance. Right. But she did bite him. So I'm sure there's no lasting effect. But he looked weak. He looked very weak, though. Yeah. Yeah. But she knows he's something because she said, what are you? Yeah, because he tasted different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that just was, like, see, just like Bill said to Sookie. Yeah, where she, are you? When, uh, when they first met, like out in the woods when she saved him. What are you? Mm-hmm. You know, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was interesting. But yeah, I hope Barry is back, though. I hope Barry is. Um, he will be back. He will be back. Yeah, I kind of like <clears> Barry. And, and I just want to know where he is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Now. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I feel sorry for Sam, though, because I don't know how he's going to be getting out of 
Well, shit. His you stuff. know what? I don't feel sorry for Sam's <laughs> ass today. I do. Now, I like Sam, but who in their right damn mind is going to go into the bar, pitch black, you already got some creature after your ass. <laughs> and you're going to go in there by yourself. And then when you see it's Daphne, I would have immediately taken my phone out and said, hey, I found Daphne in my freezer with her heart cut out. I don't know. Why was he trying to cover her up with some trash bags? Because he was going to get rid of her body. And and that's, that's what, what I thought. That's what I thought. Was. Mm-hmm. And then he started thinking twice about it. And was going to call the police, but shit, it was too late because yeah. she already called the police on him. Uh-huh. See, so I'm like, oh no, take his butt to jail because that was dumb. <laughs> and the jail was probably, the, like like a, a Bud said, the jail is probably the safest place for you if you think something's after you. That's true, though, but but no, it's probably not. But what scene that I liked was when they were questioning Sam in the bar and, um, excuse me, but uh, Andy came in, yeah, and Kenny's like, "Can I get him? Can I get him? Can I take care of him?" And I she know. was just itching to, to knock Andy out. You could just see it in her I, face. I love Andy when he was trying to explain, <laughs> and he says, "What do you mean?" He says, "It was a bull with claws and a dress." <laughs> and that was so funny. funny. I like Andy Belfour though, but I want to know now, where is Terry. We have not seen Terry. And the last we heard about Terry, uh, Arlene was a little worried about him because, you know, she had blacked out and everything. But we haven't seen Terry since. No, we haven't. So where's little Terry at? I like Terry. We don't know. Yeah. I'm sure he's at home probably curled up in a ball somewhere. I don't know, though. Curled up like Lafayette was curled up. I don't know. And then what did you think about... um, Hoyt and Jessica. Oh, week. it's so cute. It was cute but sad at the same time. It's, it's bittersweet, yeah. yeah. And he was trying to trying to make her feel better. Said, "Well, but that's okay. It'll be like the first time every time." She said, "Oh, uh-huh. she's gonna be hurting." I know. I felt bad for her though, but you know, it, it, I like that kind of detail though because it does make sense. Yeah. Because she was a virgin before she got turned. Yeah. So you know, poor little thing. Yeah. So she's. I don't think she's gonna be. Okay with that? No. I mean, she was really upset about the very whole thing. upset. So I don't. It doesn't look well for their long term relationship or any for her. Well, you know. except biting people, right? Yeah, right. Except exactly. you know feeding people because because uh, when she was first turned and uh, Eric had to babysitter, remember? Yeah. Then Eric let her feed on a biker and right, stuff. She right. really liked it. So <laughs> Jessica may turn out to be a little mean behind this. <laughs> and then I also really like Jason in this episode where they kind of made him. He's back to Jason. More of, a, of himself and mm-hmm. more of what he's comfortable with being like the hero, the guy everybody likes. Yep. Even though he was out of his element at the party. And you could tell, yep. but he was still more of himself than we've seen the whole season. Well, uh, to me, <clears throat> he was like the Jason from season one, even though he was a little uncomfortable because, you know, even in season one, there were situations where he, he was a little bit uncomfortable, Yeah, you know, but, but I like, I like Jason, but he just cracked me up when Sarah called him, you Judas, uh, what'd he do to you? <laughs> I know. He's just the best line. He is just, I mean, you know, you in a church organization, you don't even know them stories. That just cracks me up. He doesn't know any names from uh-huh. the Bible, uh-huh. you know. Oh, he is, he, he's a piece of work. <laughs> but I like that they 
let him be back to himself. Yep. And I like the way they're making him so protective of Suki, which is how he should be. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is a little, um, kind of a little bit the same as in the books, but, you know, mm-hmm. up until now, he's just been kind of out for himself, but... As soon as someone talks about her, and he even knocked her out once. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but as soon as someone else is trying to do it, then he's upset. So yeah, that's kind of true to a lot of people's lives. I think that is just really, really good how they have made that uh, consistent with uh, Jason because you know he was he was really in a pickle until Gabe started talking about Suki. Yeah, and then you know he was like oh, his little adrenaline no. got you going, and he and even with Sarah Newland, yeah, he popped her good. Knocked her. Knocked her she to the ground. talking about Suki too. Mm-hmm. Don't you talk about my sister. But I don't think we've seen the last of Sarah and Steve Newland. I don't think so At either. <coughs> Seeing as how Steve sent Luke to the church and he didn't go himself. <laughs> oh no, he you ain't going to go. He's a wimp. Yeah, a little wimpy. But um, I kind of hope we see what happens with Steve and Sarah though when, when well, he finds her. I mean, they may. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I know I don't want to do this, but I know we have to discuss it. Golly, <coughs> we got to discuss that nasty eggs and Tara and that souffle. Okay, now what the hell oh, did Marianne say that was? Hunter's souffle. Shit. Oh, and First eggs, of all, eggs made some kind of comment about, I didn't know hunters knew how to make a souffle. First of all, when she was cooking oh, that shit, Lord. I couldn't hardly watch the screen. I had to avert my eyes. And then when Tara was cutting the damn thing, and I'm like, bitch, can't you see it's bleeding? It's blood. And she's yeah. just deadly cutting it. I'm be like, what the fuck is in this? <laughs> I know. Excuse me, y'all. And then she took the first taste and talked about, mmm, ooh, this is yummy. Oh, it was so oh, nasty. That was disgusting. What a nasty scene. And that scene was a long scene, too. It was not too long. Well, oh, we- man. It was too nasty for me. Well, you know, that kind of segues into a couple of emails. We got a lot of really good feedback this week. Oh, yeah. Thank, and, thank you, fans. And this, um, we have a, a really good emails this week where a lot of listeners have a lot of very good theories about what's going on with um, Marianne, Eggs, and Tara. Okay, before we get into the emails, though, I do want to say that, you know, my personal opinion is, and I was talking to a few other people who are True Blood fans, too, and I was really surprised that these two other people uh, who are diehard fans uh, agreed with me, or or they felt the same way, and that is, my feeling is this, and uh, they, meaning the the producers of the show, they're going to have to do something about the Tara Eggs Marianne scenario. I mean, okay, we we see what she does. We've been out in the woods and stuff now. Come on. Come on with it. You're going to have to tell us what it is, point blank, how it's going to result, who's going to be killing her, something, because it's just stringing along too long. So, you know, hopefully in the next episode or two episodes, we will get some kind of resolution, not necessarily that they're gone, but some kind of resolution as to what specifically are they and who's got greater power than them so they can deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what we want to know. So, you know. Okay, now we had a couple of emails regarding this <clears throat> eggs and Marianne situation. Mm-hmm. And I'll kind of start at the beginning, but get into the meat of it. Um, this is from Miss J Squared, who was a listener on our previous Citizen Review mm-hmm. podcast that we did about a year or so ago. <clears throat> so she says, 
Remember me, I'm still listening and loving your podcast. When I listen to your show, it's like sitting around chatting with girlfriends, except none of my girlfriends seem to love True Blood as much as you two do, unfortunately. So I relish each and every Sit to Speak True Blood show. Excuse me. Okay, she goes on to say, um, I was watching a rewatch release me last night, and this is back um, last week after we did our other episode, and had a thought. I'm starting to think that it's way too obvious that Marianne is the big bad this season. I mean, think of how shocking it was that Renee was the killer last season. I think, in fact, that if Marianne is a Monade, or Monade, I don't know how you say it, <clears throat> serving Dionysus, then Dionysus must be among the folks in Bon Ton. And I think eggs is Dionysus, and here's why. <clears throat> Marianne, Marianne doesn't order eggs around the way she orders Carl around. In fact, she seems especially interested in Eggs' welfare, his being with Tara, etc., etc. Mm. In that same vein, Eggs is the only one who doesn't work, as y'all have both pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he plays music, sleeps with women, watches TV, and whatever, but even Marianne does all the cooking. Ever notice that? If you go back and look at previous episodes, it in fact looks as though both Carl and Marianne are ca- catering to Eggs, not the other way around. He's an orphan. Wasn't Dionysus something of an orphan? Because his mom died before he was born and his dad was Zeus. I don't know mythology, so. Well, yeah, because Dionysus, uh, when his mother was, was killed, Dionysus put, uh, excuse me, Zeus put Dionysus in his thigh. Oh. And let him, you know, continue germinating and then he sprang from his thigh. Okay, so she goes on to say, eggs killed Daphne. She's listing all these out. I just don't say the number. And she says, and, and what really stood out to me was what Lafayette said. He seemed to know that Eggs was trouble. He told Tara he was Satan in a pretty mask or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if Eggs isn't Dionysus himself, then she could be wrong. But she says, I almost bet that there is a bigger bad than Marianne. And once that big bad is killed, then Marianne will die too. What do you think about that theory? Well, I mean, that's interesting. <clears throat> uh, the only thing is when, you know, when the water heater broke, Marianne was telling Eggs to stay there and fix the water heater. That's true. So that, that doesn't true. ring true in that instance. Uh, and she obviously told or expected Eggs to fix the water heater in the beginning, and then when Suki was going to go and get the replacement part, and Eggs was trying to get her, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, ask her, can I go? Can I go? <clears throat> like you needed permission. So I'm not, I'm not sure that he. No, I, I don't quite buy that particular theory, but it is very intriguing, though. We have another listener named Felicia, mm-hmm. who also believes and has the same theory, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she says. Excuse me. Eggs is a god. He's in control, not Marianne, and he's playing Tara to get her soul. Marianne is working on his behalf, and she thinks that Eggs is Dionysus or Pan. Go back to episode one when they are sitting around the pool and looking at the mural. Marianne says, stunning, isn't it? It's the god Pan and his human lover. Tara says, and she doesn't have a name? And Marianne says, she could be any of us, couldn't she? The Greeks knew there was the flimsiest veil between us and the divine. They didn't see the gods as being inaccessible the way everyone does today. Then she glances down at eggs, 
<clears throat> she also says, I've noted on this show that there are rarely any throwaway lines. It's almost as if Marianne is telling Tara and S who and what Eggs is. And then she says, just real quick, I think Marianne's main purpose is being for being in Bon Temps is to get Tara for him as a Monet does. The rest is just mayhem. The writers are only making it appear that he is under her control. The black eyes thing is Egg's thing, not Marianne's. Hmm. And who wrote that? This is Felicia. Oh, thanks, she, Felicia. <clears throat> yes. Well, you know, <clears throat> that's an interesting theory, uh, ladies. I, you know, I'm not quite sold yet. I do recall that um, that particular scene with the picture, and I do remember in a previous episode that I think I mentioned <clears throat> that I thought Marianne was panned because of that scene and that picture. Right. Because it was just too coincidental that it was the same thing. There was always this fruit around. They just laid around, you know. Uh, and, and in essence, that's what Marianne does, too. Except when she's cooking cooking her brew. <laughs> but now the first time with Miss Jeanette's heart, Carl was cooking that brew. Yeah, he was. Yeah, see. And that was like a soup type of deal. It wasn't a souffle. So, you know, um, I, I'd have to maybe have a little bit, a little bit more because <clears throat> I still don't get what the black eyes is are. Well, Miss, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Felicia also says, regarding Mr. J's email that he had where he was asking about um, uh, where Tara's mother's gift went. Oh, yeah. She says, <clears throat> we're thinking that the gift, and she's, she says we because uh, Felicia's from Atlanta, and she watches the show every week with a small set of people in her house. Oh, yay, go, Felicia. So, yay, watch party. <laughs> <clears throat> so she says, we're thinking that gift to Tara could be a Bible. Everyone keeps referring to Miss Jeanette as a fake, but I'm with Lafayette. If it worked, it ain't fake. If you watch the scene during Tara's exorcism, you'll see that the demon, the little girl she released, has those same black eyes. Same black eyes. It could just be a coincidence, but I think Tara's lack of faith has brought on her problems. She seems to have no faith in self, family, God. She believes in nothing. Oh, Felicia, that's deep, girl. Deep. Oh, oh that's deep. And now, this is, this is good. I have to finish this, even though it's kind of long. I knew that she was lost when she let Marianne tell her own mother off in front of her without response. Amen. L-O-L. I don't know about you girls, but I'd have tried to scratch her eyes out if she'd spoken to my mother that way. Mm -hmm. I don't care what she'd done in the past. People that stand for nothing will easily fall for anything. Looking forward to your next podcast. Well, that's a real good observation, Felicia. Uh, you know, the gift being a Bible would be perfect. Because Letty May, after all, is now saved. Mm -hmm. You know, she, uh, Miss Jeanette saved her. She's up in the church again. So that's a very, very good assessment, I think. Yeah. And I just hope somebody finds that present down in the bushes. You exactly. know, because I want to know. <clears throat> and as far as um, Marianne telling off Tara's mother, that's a very good observation. Because, yeah. I don't I think, yeah. I don't agree with that. I would have let her say all that, especially because Miss uh, her lady may need to hear all that. That's true. She but needs to hear. I it. agree with Felicia <clears throat> in that I don't care how bad Letty May was to Tara. That's still her mother, and I think Tara. Well, that's because how Tara of the feels. because of the sassiness that we have seen throughout the whole season one. I mean, 
Yeah, I was a little surprised that she just said nothing. She just turned around and, you because know. She's, because she feels the same way. She's told her mother the same thing, that she doesn't care about her at times. Man, she's the one that got knocked upset by the bottle <laughs> and left in jail. That's true. And then her mom turned around saying she's fine. Yeah, so, you know, that's true. You know, I don't blame Tara for letting her say it. She didn't you know, knock her right. mama out or nothing. But you know what? Uh, uh, thanks, Felicia, for reminding me that the little girl demon that Tara or that Miss Jeanette exorcised from Tara yeah. did have the black eyes. She did. She did. And see, I had forgotten that I little detail. Too. So that's too. very good. <clears throat> Thank you. Good go, Felicia. Yeah. So those were two great emails about that same subject. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to go back to Miss um, Miss J Square's email because she mentions a couple other things that are kind of interesting. Okay. Um, okay, Miss J Squared also mentions um, uh, Hoyt and Jessica. She says, Hoyt, he's 28 and Jessica is only 17. I know they try to make him as innocent as possible. And sure, Jessica is a vampire, but she's still a 17-year-old girl. Know what I'm saying? I love him, but that is a little, mm, wish they made him 21 or something is all. It seems slightly less dirty. Oh, Lord have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. Which was a thought that I had when that when he talked about being twenty eight, and I was like, "What the hell?" He's well, yeah, but I just, I guess I, I, I guess I mentally I let that slip because she is vampire. Right. I think that's yeah. why. Yeah. And while we're talking about Jessica and Hoyt, I was listening to an interview on a podcast called TrueBlood.net, and Jim Parrick is the name of the actor who uh, plays Hoyt uh-huh. on True Blood. And he's from Allen, Texas. Whoa! That's what? right up the way. Go, Jim. Yeah, Go so Jim. shout out to Jim Barrick Hoyt on True Blood. Hey. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome it's great. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then another comment she makes about Eric um, on this latest episode is... Um, during the whole episode, though, I just kept thinking over and over, whoa, Eric sure is smiling a lot. Don't remember him ever smiling before, and now he's smiling all the time. What's up with that? Well, that's what I'm saying, well, see? I'm thinking, my thought was, I think he's excited. Thank you, Miss J Squared. Yes, that was very, for very nice email. Thank you. continuing with us for so long, first of all, mm-hmm. and for the great, great insight. I think Eric is smiling a lot because he's, He's happy that Godric is safe, first yes, of all. Yes, he's very happy. <clears throat> and I think he's happy to think that he's driven a wedge between Bill and Sookie. And he has. Yeah, mm-hmm. the slight one. Mm-hmm. Although, now that Sookie knows that it was his maker that had him captive, she's not going to hold that against Bill because she knows that bond. Exactly. You know, so I don't, I don't think Eric's plan worked as well as he wanted to. But, you know, I kind of noticed him smiling, but I didn't put it into... You know, I didn't think about it so much until she mentioned that. I think it has everything to do with Godric. Because even when Bill was trying to uh, chastise him, Er Eric was smiling and he seemed so amused to think, are you trying to pick a fight with me? Mm -hmm. You know, like that's something he hadn't had in years. So, yeah, yeah, let's bring it on. You know, I really like that. So, um, but... For me, the best scene, uh, what uh, two two scenes of Eric that were the best for me in this episode 
And the first one was when he was trying to fit in with those little redneck Fellowship of the Sun guys. That was great. Oh, it was so hilarious. He sounded just like them. And, and he even, like, hunched his shoulders so he wouldn't be quite as formidable looking and tall. Yeah. You know, it was just amazing. That was funny. <coughs> and then the scene I really liked with Eric is when he came back from um, from dispatching Hugo, you know, escorting Hugo out of, uh-huh. out of the area. And he was kneeling down in front of Godric and telling him, you know, he was so pleased with himself that he got Godric a rare <laughs> AB negative human being, human, you know, right. to feed on. And, and But that whole conversation when Godric was explaining to him how Godric felt about, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with making humans uh, on par with us. You know, and just the way Eric looked and you could tell he was kind of like thinking, hmm, hmm, you know. So well, we had I like an, that scene. another email from someone with a, kind of a little subject that we talked about between Godric and Eric um, from Tanya from Louisiana. Oh, hey, Tanya. <laughs> and Tanya wrote, love your show. I wanted to comment on the differences in the relationship between Godric and Eric versus Lorena and Bill. Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to free will. If yep. I remember correctly, Eric was given the choice whether he wanted to become a vampire while Bill was not. I believe given Bill's moral character, this was and continues to be the ultimate deal breaker in his relationship with Lorena. Thanks for a pleasant diversion and keep them coming. Tanya in Louisiana. Oh, thank you, Tanya. That's a great email. <clears throat> I'm not sure, though, that Eric gave his permission to Godric. He was dying, you know, and Godric wanted to protect the or save the warrior that he saw in Eric. While he saw him in battle? I agree with Tanya. No, I think Eric, it was free will all the way. He could have told him, hell no, let me die, or whatever. I mean, no, I agree with her. And i tell you another reason why, and that is because in this, well, I know Tanya's correct, because in this episode that I just did the recap on, one of the things that Godric said to Lorena is, I could snap your neck like a twig. And do you know why I don't do that? And she says, yeah. And he says, why? And she says, what? It's your choice. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So see, it was Eric's choice. Well, that's what Godric's saying now, but that was 2,000 years ago. No, but it was still, it was still, if you go back and watch that scene, Godric was giving him a choice. Well, I think. You could live. Or not. I could kill you like I did your other little Viking friends. Or you can live with me forever. And and, and, and I'll, you know, show, show you. Show you stuff. Well, my theory behind it is that Eric's nature is more in line with the... Va- Eric's human nature, back when he was human, was more in line with what a vampire is now. Because he's than, a Viking. He's a warrior. Right, than Bill's. Bill was a southern gentleman that was in that war, yes, because that was the, the time. He was in that war, but he didn't like killing, mm-hmm. which was evidence with that scene when they flashed back to that time. Right. <clears throat> Eric liked all that battle and mm-hmm. fighting till the death and all that. So I think that's why Eric kind of has embraced it. Plus, he's older, so he's lived longer to mm-hmm. see it than Bill has. Bill is just not in his nature 
which kind of goes back to those scenes with Lorena back in the 40s where he says, I don't like, I don't want to be that savage that you've made me be or that I have tried to be for you. I'm just not that way. Well, I I agree with uh, Tanya. I think it's choice. I think it's free will. And I think it's like Godric told Lorena uh, in this episode, choice, because when Godric was um, bending over Eric, the Viking, and Eric was dying, and Eric asked, are you death? Yes. That's what he said, yes. And and um, Godric let him know, I've watched you in battle. You're magnificent. How would you like to follow death around for <clears throat> eternity or something? And, and, and uh, Eric said, said, Eric said, what's in it for me? And Godric says, life. Right. And Eric chooses that. Eric didn't choose it. He just said life. He was half dead. That was a choice. Well, that's my opinion. He doesn't. He didn't choose it, but I, I he think de- he did. But <clears throat> doesn't mean he doesn't like it now. Well, true. That's more of what he is, in my opinion. Right. But but I agree with Tanya. I, I think he chose it. So well, thank you, Tanya. Yes, thank you, Tanya. We also we have a couple more emails. Woo, um, we had a lot of emails we today. Did. <laughs> we, well, this week, the past week. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. This is from our friend Mr. J again. Oh, hey, Mr. J. And he says. Just a quick email this time. Oh my good OMG, Marianne, cut up that heart and Tara and eggs ate it. I mean, really ate it. Oh, that was nasty. A, I agree. That's the nastiest but scene then he ever. Says it was awesome. <laughs> I looked up the meaning of the tarot card Lafayette pulled as Tara's future. If I got the card right, it has two meanings depending on the position it was to Tara during the reading. If the picture was upside down to her, <clears throat> it is the meaning of regardless of the circumstances or those involved, you are not able to change anything. Someone has taken advantage of your situation. Your hands have been tied and you are experiencing a loss and perhaps guilt, a sense of loss and perhaps guilt. Understanding the cause is a karmic lesson learned. I agree with um, Mr. J. I do agree. And I went back and watched the episode and you are certainly correct. The, the card justice, the tarot card justice was upside down to Tara because it was right side up to Lafayette. So it, it is that meaning and she's going to learn a karmic lesson, I think. And I think the lesson's going to be learned when Suki get back. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, who are the hell are these people in my house? I know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think Suki going to have some <laughs> stuff to, to say about that. So Thank you, Mr. J. And Mr. J is also from Brooklyn. Oh, hey. New York. But he's originally from Mississippi, northern Louisiana. Cool. So he's a seven boy. Cool. Okay. <clears throat> okay, our next email is from Denise. And this is a very interesting email. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, hey, sisters. So glad to find your podcast. Excuse me. Became addicted to True Blood this summer when I watched all of season one. I love your show. It's so well done. I also love the fact that both of you are black. I've been podcasting myself since 2005, and I have often felt like I was the only black person podcasting. Oh, my. My sister has been reading your books, the books for years, and I always noticed the cover art, Bill and Sookie floating in the air, when I saw the books around the house. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thanks again for the podcast. And she also mentions the fact that her podcast is a beauty podcast called 
the Home Spa Goddess show. Ooh. The HSG show. And it's also on iTunes. Okay. So I have already went and downloaded that podcast. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Okay. But I'm super excited. So thank you, Miss Denise. Thank you, Denise. <clears throat> and, Den- and Denise also mentions um, thinking that uh, Gabe, or not Gabe, excuse me. Eggs. Eggs. I don't know why I want to say Gabe. I don't know, because he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) They snapped his neck. The eggs, the whole eggs and Dionysus discussion. She's liking all of that, too. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting, but I'm not sold on him being uh, Dionysius. I just don't think so. I think he might be, I don't even think he's Pan. I really don't. I don't know, but he seems very concerned about blacking out. Uh Uh-huh. I think now I wouldn't be surprised if Marianne is paying though, because because and and I still say I wouldn't be surprised if Marianne is Dionysus because when you read when you read up on him, he has feminine features. That would explain why Marianne came in the house with the man legs and feet. Well, and but just, she's got feminine, you know, features. Yeah. So, you and know. And this is also interesting because Denise mentions. There's nothing feminine about eggs. No, no, no. But Denise also mentions that um, her ears perked up when she heard Dionysus's name on True Blood because her name is Denise. Mm-hmm. And it's a French origin, meaning follower of Dionysus. Mm-hmm. It's also the feminine form of Dennis from the Greek name Dio, ooh, Dionysius. Dionysius. And she goes on to say, but I do not throw parties like Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, okay. So that's interesting. Okay, Denise, but see, check this out. See, just like I mentioned, there's a reason why Marianne had the man legs last week. True. She she come in from the woods with these <clears throat> bloody man feet and legs. Yeah. You know, so, so that hey. would be a good point as to... You know, Marianne being Dionysus. I, I would, I would think that, she, which is it, what Daphne told right. Sam. I would think that that is more apropos to her than to eggs. Now, what Sam should have been, or excuse me, Sam should have been asking us, who is Carl and who is eggs? I know. That's what I'd have been asking. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you told mm-hmm. me about Marianne, but about the breast of Sam just didn't get enough information from no. Daphne before you know she before bit she the dust. But I, I'm not sorry she <clears throat> bit the dust. So no. Okay, that is all the email and feedback we got over okay. the past week. It was really great reading all those theories and and um, hearing everyone's opinion. Yeah. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, and keep them coming. We love to see it. We have some really deep thinking listeners, and we appreciate it. We do because some of those theories I hadn't even thought of. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at sisterspeak at gmail We also have a voicemail line nine seven two. 692-7341 and our website is sistersinreview.com <clears throat> now sister J seems to think I need to say something about still coughing <laughs> and clearing my throat I'm still battling the rem- remnants of my bronchitis cough but as I'm trying to tell sister J she didn't have bronchitis and she's doing just as much coughing yeah, but, and clearing of her throat yeah well you know, I'd like everybody to excuse me because my excuse is I have sinus drainage. So, oh. you know, excuse all the coughing and, and stopping and starting. But, you know, hey, we wanted to get our podcast out. So, 
Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, thank everyone. Thank you guys all for your great emails and keep them coming. Keeping us, keeping us going, keeping our spirits going because we love doing the show. Yep, we do. I'm Sister K. And I'm Sister J. See you next week.